Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Kim. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And our guest hasn't come yet. (laughs) I thought it was him, but it was somebody else calling in here. But anyway, today we are supposed to be speaking with veterinary nature. I'm sorry, I am so used to saying veterinary nature, but veterinary dentist, uh, Dr. Johan Joubert. And uh, we're going to be talking about dignity for animals today with him. If you've listened, if you haven't listened to the previous two shows with him, I would invite everybody to do that. Um, the first one was those raw, meaty, pearly whites, where we really talked about the anatomical reasons why we want to feed our dogs and cats and our carnivorous pets raw, meaty bones. Mm-hmm. And then we got into the real serious stuff in the last show with him: animation, animal follies. And this one, we're going to pick up from there where we left off and talk about dignity for animals. And it may be something that you're not uh, used to hearing. <laughs> Dr. Joubert is very passionate, as are we, and uh, we do look forward to talking with him today. So hang on, we're going to go to a short break, and when we come back, um, hopefully we'll be talking with him at that time. So don't go away, we'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally. Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Is that you, Dr. Joubert? Yes, it's me, Kim. I'm sorry, I've been cut off twice. I've heard you two ladies, and you didn't hear me, and then I was cut off, and I had to phone again. Well, they so must I be sincerely hope we're going to have a, t- a line that stays with us tonight that I don't get I hope cut so. off again. We hope so. Well, let's yeah. remind our audience a little bit of your background that you came. Um, you are now uh, working in the UK by way of South Africa, and I don't know how long you've told us you've been there, but you, and, or how long you've been a veterinarian. But it's long enough to know that what you're seeing is that you're hoping to see the end of, to having to do your practice. <laughs> Are we on air already? Yes, yes, we are, are we on, on the air. Sorry, I came in then. It's almost um, at the back door. I just felt into it. Um, Kim, I've been a veterinary dentist now for 17 years. It's going for 18 years. And I've been in the UK for six years, going for seven. And um, a few things happened since we last spoke. And my name has been removed from the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons Register. Oh, my God. So that's my... <laughs> yes. You're and, joining um, Dr. Lonsdale, huh? <laughs> well, he's been removed from the, the Veterinary Association. Ah. I'm being removed from the Veterinary Register. Ah. Which, oh. which, in accordance with the Veterinary Surgeons Act of 1966 and the Veterinary Surgeons and Veterinary Practitioners Regulations of 2007, apparently not now um, able to practice anymore. Mm. That's on Facebook. I beg your pardon. Wow! I mean, is there an, is it because of what you're of what you're teaching? No, not what because of what I'm teaching. It's um, it relates to the retention fees of the year 2008 2009. Mm. When it was due, I sent them a negotiable instrument like you would if you send someone a check and they didn't accept it. So my name has been removed oh, they didn't based on non-payment. According to them, I didn't pay, and according to me, I did, and they didn't accept it. Oh, that is weird. Interesting. That's really very interesting. It would almost sound like to me that that was an excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One they wouldn't to, have to answer to. Right. And they won't accept your fees now even if it's late, huh? Well, I wouldn't offer it again. Ah. <laughs> if, if I send you a check and you don't bank it, do I still owe you the money? Mm. Uh, there you go. That's true. Good point. And, I've, Good and point. especially if you not return it to me. You haven't returned the check. I've sent it to you, but you haven't returned it to me. So does that mean uh-huh. I didn't pay you? So they haven't even returned it. They didn't even return it, no. Mm. Okay, so then they have the money, and um, it's very interesting. That's a very interesting. Sounds like, um, again, Dr. Lonsdale is somebody that we'll just bring up here because I know you do like to refer to him. He's um, been like a mentor to all of us who are in the raw feeding, um, in the, to the real raw feeding, I should right. say, um, um, arena, Dr. Joubert. And uh, he is Dr. Tom Lonsdale of rawmeatybones.com. And um, it's really interesting how because the veterinary profession has been so purchased by the pet food industry that these kind of things are happening to the veterinarians who are speaking out on doing what is right for the animals for their health. And um, because, honestly, it does reduce your workload if you are sharing what you're sharing because they have healthy teeth and healthy bodies and so forth. That's true. And also, and I'm very grateful that you mentioned Tom's name, Again, I had trouble to get to lock in tonight into the show. So if you don't mind, 
Could I again just start with two quotes, perhaps three quotes, just to get everyone on the same wavelength, and then we can take it from there Mm -hmm. and discuss a few things. The first quote that I would like to share with you is that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. The rational mind is a faithful servant, and we have Mm -hmm. created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Mm -hmm. Question is, do you know who said that? Mm-mm. No, I don't. No. Albert Einstein. Wow. Really? Yes. Interesting. He said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, the rational mind a faithful servant. And we have created a society that honors the servant, but we have forgotten the gift. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to tie in with our previous discussion when you remember I said that people are confused because they do not refuse their own servants' orders. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what happened to me now, in, in retrospect, is that I refused an order from my servant. And on face value, it sounds incredible. And I had a letter from a very concerned colleague regarding my name removed from the register. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to share that with you as well. But before Please. we get to that... The second quote is from a man that wrote a book in 2001, the same year that, that you went through that horrific attack on the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. And he said, oral disease is the source of the greatest intractable pain and discomfort experienced by our companion animals. This is a great and mindless cruelty we visit upon our animals from the whelping box to the grave. Wow. Could you repeat that? Um, yes. Really... Oral disease is the source of the greatest intractable pain and discomfort experienced by our companion animals. This is a great and mindless cruelty we visit upon our animals from the whelping box to the grave. Mm. Tom Lonsdale, Raw Meaty Bones, 2001. Mm-hmm. Now, pretty profound. <laughs> yeah. And do you agree? That's an intuitive mind expressing itself. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's an intuitive mind. That's the intuitive mind speaking there. Right. Not the rational mind. Right. Now, a message to the rational mind. An error does not become truth by reason of multiplied propagation, nor does truth become error because nobody will see it. Mm. That was Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that he yeah. said that because that was actually, and you know what? I honestly think that could have just for people who are are, and I'm not, I'm not judging anybody here, Doctor Joubert. I'm just saying some people are listening and some are tuned out. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that anybody is lesser than anybody else. I'm just saying some are tuned in and some are not listening, and that was really profound. And if you weren't, if if any of us weren't really listening to what you just said, that would go right over our heads. Listen, this is what I'm trying to establish tonight. If we can get onto the same frequency, on the same wavelength, with respect with why this happened, why is it, is it so clear to some people and why is it so impossible for others to recognize what is obvious? Like an African elephant standing in your living room, sipping from your teacup. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. <laughs> Can you say, can you see it? And they say, no, what do you mean? But I can see the tears disappearing from the teacup. Oh, yeah. And I believe, my, to my own opinion, is that we are in this situation because of two reasons or two conditions. We are driven by fear and we are driven by conditioning. 
Yeah. Okay, and the first one being probably the most prevalent simply because everything right. that runs our societies nowadays is fear-driven it, because it's control-based. Mm-hmm. It, control is based in fear. True. And, but. and so then when things are controlled through whatever laws or whatever you're experiencing, then that's fear-based. True. But if the fear would not have been so severe or so incredibly obvious if it wasn't for the fact that we were conditioned also not from a whelping box to the grave but from where we arrive in this dimension at the hospital and the doctor smacks the backside and the baby starts screaming until the grave. Mm-hmm. It starts there. It starts right the day that we right. draw our first breath. Mm. And the conditioning allows whoever started this conditioning to to get us into a position where we give our spiritual power away and we give our physical bodies away. And this is where I want to give you an example by using those two, if we can keep that as the key components tonight of what we discussed, our spiritual power that's given away and that we are giving our physical bodies away. And for those who think that's very... Harsh to say, or perhaps that I'm completely out of out of order, or that I've lost my mind. <laughs> I want to give you specific examples to show how that is how this has happened. Okay. And I will start with saying to you that my name has been removed from the register, and I would like to read you verbatim my colleague's letter to me, being concerned about this whole situation. And then we can, if there's enough time left, perhaps an audio recording of a lecture that Tom sent to me demonstrating the pharmaceutical propaganda in our profession. Mm. Now, the letter from my colleague started with, he said, here is the scan of the page announcing people who have been removed from the register. Now, since since you get to know me, I think you also realize that since I woke up, I really look carefully at every single word that's either said or written down. And I just what did want you to read say, Doctor Doctor right. You said since you woke up, and you mean woke up out of what I always refer to as the matrix, yes. the matrix right. that we're all locked yes. in, sleeping in, and not really allowing our lives to be within. You know, we've given away the power, like you said, all power to our lives, sleeping yes. in a matrix. And you're talking about when you woke up out of that. So go ahead. Or hypnotic state. To me, it felt like an hypnotic state. I've never mm-hmm. been hypnotized, but I. I have a feeling that when you are hypnotized, you probably react in the same manner. And then when you wake up and you see yourself, if, if there's footage of it, or visual footage of it, you, and people normally laugh about it or they find it funny. And in hindsight, when I look back on it, yes, it, it was funny. But at the time, it wasn't because I didn't know that I was hypnotized. Yeah. Well, and I think that again. isn't that true of most of us, though, like you said, because of from, from conditioning from, from birth. Yes. Mm-hmm. But something is happening, as I mentioned in the earlier discussion as well. Something is happening because people are, are waking up from this, some earlier than others. It took me quite a long while. The mind started the day when, when I graduated. The day they put that square mortarboard over my head, I knew something happened to me that day. And it mm-hmm. was painful and it was, it was an ordeal. My mother saw it and she said to me, what's happened to you? And I said, I don't know. All I know is that I'm going to be alone in, in something, and, and I wasn't wrong until now. Now that I find alliances with others that have woken up and, and look back in retrospect and say, yes, that's, that's what happened. 
But Dr. Joubert, Jeannie and I have been feeling like that also, that we're alone. And, and, and just, just to take a little detour, I had a uh, conversation with a neighbor's son over an incident with his dog. It's having some, you know, arthritic. I mean, this dog's maybe three years old and having hip dysplasia, arthritis in his hips and all. And I said, he's too young for that. And so then I went to the question that Jeannie and I always go to. What are you feeding them and are you vaccinating? Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was, of course I am, absolutely. And when I began to tell him what he could do to remedy that and without the drugs, because, of course, they had been prescribed drugs for this dog, I was looked at like I had completely come from another planet. Is this woman ready for the madhouse? I mean, like I had utterly lost my mind. I've seen that look time and time again and I'm sitting here thinking I'm not crazy (laughs) I don't know why everyone thinks I am so it's really kind of frustrating so uh, go ahead now I just want to read that sentence again here is the scan of the page announcing people who have been removed from the register this is a colleague Mm -hmm. that's under the impression that people can be put into a register and being taken out of a register Mm mm-hmm the point that I'm trying to make is you cannot put a man or a woman in a register. You can only do it with a name, which is a title in our case. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, who does that title belong to? <laughs> who created the title, but who does it belong to? Or who is the beneficiary of that title? Now, when you look at what they said, and I just want to read this. This is also a quote. Quote, this action has been taken in accordance with the Veterinary Surgeons Act of 1966 and the Veterinary Surgeons and Veterinary Practitioners Registration Regulations of 2007. That means there's an action taken with, in accordance with specific rules and regulations that applies to whom or to what, and certainly not to a man or a woman. It applies to a title. Oh, there you go. Okay. And just as he is confused to say you can put a people into a register and take people out of a register, we need to get this clarification, and the same goes for the public, because at the end I will show you how it ties in what lies ahead for the public, not just for the veterinary surgeons. Hmm. This is a stepping stone towards something that's going to have an impact on every single pet owner that has yeah. pets today. Mm. Now, listen to what he says now. Be careful if describing yourself as a veterinary dentist as a way around the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons because I don't know the exact phrasing, but the Veterinary Surgeons Act has a definition of what is regarded as an act of veterinary surgery. So he's very, very concerned about certain definitions within the act, but he doesn't think, or he doesn't sit down and say, listen, who does this apply to? And if you take the veterinary surgeons, actually, which I did, and you look at who it applies to, it says a person. Right. And I am not a person, as I said in the previous discussion. I'm a man. I'm a soul. I'm a living soul. I'm not a person. Mm-hmm. A person, by definition, is the substance or substrate of which rights and duties are attributes. Wow. That's yeah. an interesting yeah. um, description for a person. Yeah. It's the substance or the subject of which rights and duties are an attribute. And when you talk about the subject in a book, then you come down to the person, which is an artificial person. And that is in accordance with this Veterinary Surgeons Act 1966 that they they can act upon. And they can only do it. What if you talk about a subject as in the case of an animal? 
Animal cannot be a subject. An animal is a substance. Mm-mm. It throws a shadow. It's matter. It's living matter. Mm-hmm. And, and it throws we, a shadow. We, we don't know term. our own ling- English language. We don't. Do we, we don't know our own language, no. uh, Dr. Hahn, because we use that word subject in order to remove ourselves from what we're doing, i.e. testing or something on an animal. Yes. The animal is not an, a being, it is a subject. Well, hopefully, and at the end, I'll, I'll share that last one. Keep that point in mind, because okay. I'd like to build it up to show you how this okay. fits into each other. Because he goes further, he says, it includes entering the cavity of a body, which they might try to interpret as the mouth, especially if you are doing dental extractions. They might even classify giving an IV for anesthetic, etc., as entering the cavity of the body, too. It would be good to look up the definition so that if challenged, you know what they're going to throw at you. If they get nasty, it is likely that the police will come around to arrest you. Oh, goodness, and I'm trembling down to my socks at this point in time. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Why am I being facetious? I'm being facetious because it does not apply to me, the man that's sitting here holding the telephone and speaking to two ladies in America. Well, and that's, you know what, because you're saying, you've, you, I know what you're saying, you've said this in the previous two shows, that you have walked away from, you, you walk away from giving them that power. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. But if you look at, at his concern, it is fear-based. Yes. It is he is making assumptions. He is he's basically thinking about what a lifeless entity who is represented by humans who act on the role, how they will react and how they're going to throw things at me. No one is going to throw anything at me. And neither will the police arrest me. They don't have my permission to do that. (laughs) And if they do, I will serve them a bill. I have a fee schedule in a notice of understanding and intent and claim of right that says if anyone incarcerate me or harass me or detain me, or handcuff me, my fee schedule activates immediately and it's 4,600 pounds per hour or portions thereof. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we need something we, like that. We, we, need, we do, and we need more people hearing that. Yeah. Not as a form of, this is not a form of anarchy. This is a no. form of teaching people. Okay, the whole thing that's been ingrained and indoctrinated into us is very fear-based and very exactly. focused on, you know, who, who is controlling who. We've allowed ourselves to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you remember last time, I didn't have. divulge on it or I didn't elaborate on it, but I explained to you that I have other resources that I utilize and that I do not need the system anymore. I am not legally disabled or disabled financially and in a situation where I have to sit and toe the line or beg down or bow myself down or act like a slave in servitude because I'm not. I have revoked my power of attorney and I rescind all contracts or implied contracts and I use the power of subrogation of recourse and my claim of right. I put out a claim of right and unless it's an offer, if you don't give me an offer, I'm going to ask you, is this an order? And if you give me an order, I will give you a bill. Period. Wow. Very good. That is very good. That's a, <laughs> I'm sitting here. <laughs> I know my mind is that. going 100 miles an hour here. I want this all in writing. Wow. Uh, yeah, we do. We actually need to see that as a document, not yes. to you, not, just so that we can absorb what you've said. 
Exactly. Um, Reread it. From you. Yes. Well, it's very follow it through. Yeah, I think if once we've completed it, it will perhaps make a little bit more sense. And I'm, I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to overload you with unnecessary information. And neither do I. I hope I don't sound arrogant. I'm just trying no. to explain to you that we have unalienable rights and we don't use it anymore. That's because true. we are getting dragged into a venue where we don't really exist, which exists in the mind of men only. And they are fast going towards the fact where they're going to pull animals into the same venue. And that's what I would like to conclude tonight's discussion with, is to show yeah, you that it's I'm already on black and white, that it's yeah. already there. Mm-hmm. Now, you said to me also, I have, now this is ironic, listen to this, I have also included a letter in the same volume of the veterinary record that took me out of the register that gives evidence of the lack of teaching of dentistry in the university courses, which is, of course, supposed to be overseen by the Royal College of Ethnic Surgeons. You can't mm-hmm. make this up. You cannot make this up. There is no way that such irony can play itself out without something behind this. Oh, but of course One of not. their duties, they actually admit... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. One of their duties, they actually admit to have responsibility for, although they, they refuse to intervene on the subject of raw meaty bones and nutrition. It seems as long as the subject is included in the curriculum, they don't really care if what is being taught is correct or not, which is outrageous, the end of the quote. Now, no wonder there are 250 veterinary practitioners in this country that are under psychiatric treatment, that are on antidepressants and do not know what to do with themselves. Oh, my goodness. Because they are spinning themselves into a spiral of destruction. Yep, they are. Mm-hmm. That's, now, that's interesting. Now I want to read you another one, if you, if you bear with me, and it's very yes, fine please. print, so I might, I might make a few mistakes, but I'll try my best. This is from the Public Relations Officer of the British Veterinary Dental Association. In this the letter that he refers to, it starts with, Sir, on behalf of the British Veterinary Dental Association, I would like to thank John D. Watkins, for his observation on the state of dentistry teaching at the undergraduate level at universities in the UK. Paul Cooper has been involved at all levels of veterinary dentistry and his comments in his letter of the veterinary record June 21, 2008 should start the long overdue debate on the responsibilities towards veterinary students to have significant teaching on such an important aspect of the eventual clinical caseload. One of the main aims of the BVDA is to increase the knowledge and skills of all veterinary clinicians to be able to diagnose and treat dentistry cases confidently and effectively for the eventual benefit of our patients. What about prevention? prevention? Are they taught prevention? (laughs) I'm just wondering. Well, you know, it's it's telepathic, that notion, because I just wanted to say what he did not mention was that students shouldn't be taught how to treat this. Students should be taught how to prevent this in the first and, place. Uh, and that, this is why I said in my pre- We focus so much on treatment instead of prevention. Yes. And when I said to you last time that I cannot wait to stop and put my tools down, it, it evoked some reaction and people said, what is this man saying? How on earth can you do such a thing? How can you say that you would like to stop doing what you're doing? Because I've realized through Tom's work that what I'm doing is fighting fires. 
I have stepped Me- onto the third level. I'm not on the first level. Right. I would say, Dr. Joubert, that you wanted to put down your tools, and, I, and, and you feel free to totally correct me here, because then you're doing, when you've done that, then these animals are healthy, and they don't need you. Yes. We yes. can all walk away from our jobs if our animals are cared for the way they should be. That's true. Yes. We can all walk away. And every person who has a pet would know what to do for their own pets. Well, if you use the intuitive mind, Kim, all you need to do is use your intuition, especially ladies. Women have the intuition that surpasses any radar screen on this planet. Mm. They know, instinctively they know there is something wrong. But they are conditioned and controlled by the rational mind and they accept Unfortunately, they accept without question what is given to them through this propaganda, through this marketing propaganda. It is. There's no difference. There's no difference whether it's pharmaceutical propaganda or whether it's war propaganda, whatever the case might be. It's all the same. Because if, let me just, just go one step further. Just listen to what he's saying now. Okay. To try, to try to achieve this, we organize CPD events. But our biggest effort and resources are invested into undergraduate teaching. It is unreasonable to expect that a small association with limited resources like us should be subsidizing teaching that should really be providing a part of the curriculum. This guy is chasing his own tail. Mm -hmm. Mm. Even more disappointing is the effort involved in convincing universities to accept this charity and allocate some time in the curriculum for the important subject. Well, join the club. Tom and I felt like we've been trying to give a disease away for the last six years. (laughs) You know, and actually, it's the other way around. The the, the system has been giving disease away. And then then following suit with pills that they made up to go with the diseases that were made up. Yes. But now listen to this. And this is, you must hold on to your chairs. This is... He says, it is unacceptable that students from some universities are allowed into the profession with very little knowledge about cases that they will be seeing daily from their first day in practice. Ultimately, the RCVS remains responsible for establishing the level of knowledgeable acceptable to be allowed to practice within this profession. It is clear that it is now time to ensure that at least all newly qualified colleagues have the dentistry knowledge to deal with these cases and for the new graduates to introduce this knowledge into established practices. So what he's saying is now we must get the one eye to lead the blind. Now let's leave that for a moment that we go to the next step because now I think you can agree or you, you should agree that the lack of education is evident. This doesn't come from me. I, did, I said that before. I said there should be a clear distinction between a veterinary surgeon and a veterinary dentist like there is in the medical profession and the dental profession. Mm-hmm. The two are not the same. Right. But it took me 17 years and I couldn't get to the point where it's, and I realized now that I'm not going to do it through this statutory body they call the link to the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons or whether it's the American Veterinary Association or, or Council or the South African Veterinary Council. It's not going to happen. They've basically established and they've recognized even out of the profession that there's a lack of education, yet they want new legislation for better disciplinary procedures and compulsory CPD for the vets. And I'd like to read to you this where they talk about 
However, while there is consensus that the disciplinary procedures is an urgent need of operating, the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons does not have the support of the majority of the profession for its proposals on compulsory practice standards and compulsory CPD. And, and they don't clarify or, or specify what this capitalized CPD stands for. Ah. Does the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons really need the support of the majority of the profession for these things to proceed? It might be a good thing, but it is certainly not essential. What did they say there? If, if you work for a company, does anyone outside of, of your company have any input on your rules and regulations and, and your management systems? Or is it the internal situation? Did the government need the support of the majority of the population of the UK without defining what the UK is before sending troops to Iraq <laughs> or for abolishing the 10p tax rate? or almost anything else it has done. Mm. In any case, if the college believes compulsory CPD and practice standards will lead to improvements in animal welfare, then it should press ahead with them. What I'm trying to say there is we're dealing with a corporate entity like you deal with ESCOs or any other, and they decide what they want to do, and they don't need your permission to do it. Well, that's so true. They don't want your permission, let alone need it. We no, are tied up into a system which is called, which is termed totalitarian tattooing. They go from the one to the other. Although there's no, no proper education, they want extra legislation to say, we will force you, mandatory, compulsory continuing education, despite the fact that they said compulsory revalidation of the fitness to practice. The medical profession has found arrangement for periodic assessment to be disproportionately complicated and expensive. Well, that's just a manipulation of words for an yeah. agenda, uh, Dr. Joubert, yes. because exactly. bottom line, and you know, it's interesting that you're saying all this because last week Jeannie and I did a, a solo show that we called um, Come to the Edge, and basically we, what we were saying is um, in our... Um, in our, in a, of course, a different delivery uh, than you than you share from, because I believe that you're a very intelligent person. Um, I, I, we were saying that everything that 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 we're being taught, propagandized is a better word, mm-hmm. is all fair based, and it is to control, and it's to control in a massive way. It's to control everybody, and people are they believe it. I, I, I'm astounded by the lack of... Line and sinker. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually pretty... And, and you know what? It, like you said, it took you a while to wake up. It took me a while. You know, I was working in the veterinary profession, as was Jeannie, for many years. And it, I'm not just talking about the veterinary profession, though. I'm talking about everything, the whole Life. world system. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the whole world system is machine people locked in a matrix asleep being fed being entertained through dreams whatever I, you know i mean if you know, i go to the movie when i'm referring to that and no thought no thought process of our own right no um holding ourselves accountable no common sense no looking at nature there's it's just it's not there willfully not there Mm-hmm. And the animals haven't changed. The animals haven't changed. They are still what they are. I hear people tell me all the time, well, they've evolved to this and that and the other. We've manipulated that genetically to this and that and the other, but internally they're still the same. And, you know, one of our guests in the audience said a bunch of sheep. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would almost think that they would have more um, sense than what we are allowing they don't you know, have for ourselves. Right. At least they don't pretend. They just act 
accordingly. Exactly. Exactly. Their consciousness, what they are. Yeah. We yeah. Have, we should know better. We should. Yes, we should. And we have done exactly what you said when you started out the show, given away, given it away. We're allowing it. It's not even so much that someone's taking it. We're allowing it. We're just giving it here. Mm-hmm. I will just, you know, and, 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 and it was, I'm reading this book right now that just had me so excited when I was reading it because this was another thinker. And um, the book is The Scientific Validation of Herbal Medicine. And he was saying some of the same things you are. And in the beginning, he was saying that we, there was a time when we were connected with the earth and we used it, you know, and, and benefited ourselves in, in, in nature. Everything just kind of, we knew it to how to care for our animals and so forth because we didn't, um, we used our, our common sense and what That's we knew. It. Common sense. But somewhere along the line, somebody says, I give you the power to my health. I give you the power to my mind. I give you the power to my body. I give you the power. And when I break down or when my animal breaks down, I'll come to you and you can fix mm-hmm. it. Exactly. But I'm going to do whatever I want in the meantime which is pleasure-seeking for the most part. Exactly. So, and I've asked the question again, what is the solution? Where are we to go from now onwards? And, and because I want to share with you the final step too. now. Yes. Dr. Joubert, you said that this is coming towards for animals too, so what is the solution? Well, let me share with you the last one, and, and this is a warning. I think it was Nostradamus that said, a failed prophecy or a fulfilled prophecy is a failed prophecy. If I mm-hmm. warn you about something and it comes to fruition, Who's to blame? And I'm talking to we myself are. as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, of course, we if are. If you don't pay attention to what you know or what you intuitively pick up and you follow your rational mind and it becomes a disaster, you only yourself to blame. You've got yourself trapped in the left brain prison of rationality. Now, the last one is it says a new party, the heading is under politics, so it implies that there's a new political party for people and animals. Now, this is interesting because the FDA, your FDA, recently had it, or they're still busy with a lawsuit against someone where they spoke about a specific substance that is used for humans and other animals, which if you carefully look at the language, it says that humans are also animals. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said humans and other animals. They would have said humans and animals. Now they're talking about a new political party for people and animals. Interesting. But what do they want to bring across? In the first paragraph, the guy says, how many of us, this is Andrew Knight, outlines the rise of a new force in politics. A statute or statutory so-called act, the Act of, the Veterinary Surgeons Act of 1966, is a statute. A statute is a legislated rule of society that has the force of law. It's not the law. It has the force of law. Now, this guy talks about Andrew Knight, outlines the rise of a new force in politics. And he starts off and he says, how many of us have experienced the distressing scenario in which animals are presented to veterinary clinics for the first time in very poor condition? Sometimes these animals are in end stage of terminal disease and euthanasia is necessary to prevent further suffering. And yes, that happens. Yeah. But what is the real point here? The real point here is there's a finger being, being pointed at the public. Just as I mentioned four years ago, or I predicted four years ago, when it really comes to the crush or to the crunch, when the pet food industry really is going to get some hammering, they will stand back and say, hang on, 
we are not to blame. You need to blame the veterinary surgeons who created the recipes for these foods. <laughs> we are just working on their directives. Mm-hmm. And they will pass again the blame and try to put the blame on the ones that they now basically subsidize and, and feed this stuff through their veterinary practice yeah. reception and waiting areas into the public. Yeah. Mm. And now, yeah, they say, you, the public, are ignorant. Mm. You are not going to the veterinary practices enough, not enough, and you come in with end stage where euthanasia is the only option. Wow. It's our and that's the problem. So what is the reaction? Oh, well, we need more legislation then. We need more control. We need a new Veterinary Surgeons Act to, to address that. And I mentioned earlier about the disciplinary action. Did you think it was just for the vets? <laughs> Let me read you something else. Fundamental, fundamentally, it would be the mandatory completion of a responsible animal care certificate by pet owners appropriate to each species. Wow. Say that again. Did I hear that right? Yes, fundamental would be the (laughs) mandatory completion of a responsible animal care certificate by pet owners appropriate to each species. Whoa. (sighs) Wow. Yeah, you did hear him right, Jeannie. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. Wow, I know. That's incredible. Now, where where is this, this information from? This is from the Veterinary Practice, July 2008 edition. Wow. What, what's the purpose? Can, I mean, and I'm going to just play, you know, this like totally duh, but what would be the purpose? The purpose of what? Of that. Why? Why? Well, it will, it will basically then enforce legislation to say, if you want to have a dog, you will have to have a certificate that proves that you've gone through a training course that you know exactly what care needs to be provided, and if you don't, if you step over the line, we are going to punish you. Yeah. Okay. And you know, they're talking make about rules. Okay, but they're talking about care from their point of view, not care exactly. from an animal's nature. Exactly. Right. Yes. That's criminal. That this is absolutely criminal, and you know what? It's already happened in Switzerland. Really? Well, this is what, it has what I'm already to bring passed across. in Switzerland. Yes, Jeannie, it has yes. already passed in Switzerland. Oh my goodness. Right. And that's so, important. And what else? In Spain, it has passed that um, primates are to have the same rights as humans, in the, which, okay, for one thing, we've talked here about anthropomorphism, mm-hmm. okay? So who is determining that? You know, right. do you think the apes want to be like us? I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting little paradigm, isn't it, Dr. Joubert? Well, Kim, that's why I stepped away from it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd, I'd, in fact, I have all the choices in the world, but I am not prepared to carry on in a facade like this. Hmm. I'm sorry. If I'm and the I think first that this, for you and for me and Jeannie, this feels like we can't continue the, that facade anymore. No, it I just can't. No. Re- yeah, I, it's it's I almost too... It's, I can't, can't do it. It just makes... It's no sense to it. There's, there's no sense. And I know that I um, have told you that I blog and first talk for my dog on his blog. And I have found when I've gone back and read a few of them how often he is saying it makes zero sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. <laughs> and I don't say that it, laughingly. It's, seri- it's serious. It mm-hmm. might be presented in a funny way, but it's serious. Very serious. 
But, you know, I can see how the animal rights people are going to be so tickled about this. You know, now nobody's going to have a dog unless they, they've been certified by their veterinarians to be able to have one. You know, and, and the veterinarians are going to teach them to feed them the kibble, to have them vaccinated, to have them on all the chemical, you know, quote-unquote flea and, you know, tick and heartworm preventatives. And, and if you don't follow their rules, you don't get to have a dog. How did you know that, Jean? That's scary. Well, probably because she worked in the profession long enough to see the the, uh, system work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been facetious because he goes further to say, often these animals might have been saved. Had their guardians sought treatment sooner or even complied with basic husbandry procedures, such as vaccination. Oh, for crying out loud. Parasite control and uterine. Oh, here we go. That, uh, yeah, that's that's nuts. Okay, now I'm getting my hackles up because <laughs> it's prevention. It's not doing things with all of that toxins and stuff thrown at them. Mm. For crying out loud, what do they think the wolves and the lions and the wild parrots and all of them do? They certainly aren't lining up at at at, at uh you know Merck to get their medicine and 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 at the pet food companies to get their daily ration. For crying out loud. Sorry, but that really got me angry, Dr. Shapiro. (laughs) Now, what can we do about it? Well, first of all, when I prepared again for this, I wasn't sure exactly what we're going to discuss specifically. Mm -hmm. I tried to bring across a single message, but this week, an analogy came into my mind. You all, and and I don't want to make it a a biochemistry um, ending, but we are all aware of the PrEP cycle. And that came into my mind that if you collectively take all the animals on this planet and you throw them into the Krebs cycle, there's always something going into it and coming out and it derives some energy from it. That whole cycle is derived or or created to generate energy. And to me, it's become like a pool. These animals' energy, their life force from the whelping box to the grave has been pooled and all these seas, these little curved seas, companies, commissions, committees, cons, and whatever comes in, and it sucks the life energy out of those animals. And I'm going to stop it. Well, that's why I speak the way that I speak now. It needs to stop. We need to distinguish. We need to activate our intuitive minds and stop the rational nonsense and get to a stage where we realize what we're busy doing. And you know what you've taught us here today in a really huge way? Dr. Gilbert, you've taught us how powerful words are. Wow. All right, I remember that little... We're having him back again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> when I was a little... When I was a child, we used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that was actually the other way around. You can heal from sticks and stones. Right. But words are extremely powerful. And, they, and um, you're talking about just taking all of that back. Yes. And fundamentally, it's a choice, but it's a very basic choice. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. It is a choice. The green, blue, the blue pill or the red pill, folks. The blue yes. pill or the red pill. <laughs> and if and we could sorry. fundamentally distill down with what we're busy with, if we realize, if we can acknowledge that everything that we deal with is energy, that we are an expression of energy from exactly the same source. And that our energy, the energy that we utilize or that we receive to express, because you can't create energy nor destroy it. It starts with your thoughts. Your thought patterns are energy patterns, Mm -hmm. energy frequencies. 
that then eventually lead this, the messages to your tongue that vibrate and use what we do to eventually present those words, which is another, it's a vibration that eventually either lead to our own actions or others' actions. Hmm. And when someone say give, I, I received a newsletter this week that said we don't give enough. But the, the author wasn't specific. And when we say we don't give enough, what, what comes up in your mind? What, is it, what image does it present for yourself when I say we don't give enough? What, what does he mean? Or what could that mean? Does it mean money? Yes. Yes. Course. Something else? Um, let's see. What, what, we don't give enough, don't of, give ourselves. enough of our, ourselves. Yeah, that our time. Right. Our talents. What about if we, if we could say we don't give enough instruction? Hmm. We well, that is give, evident. <laughs> we don't one. give enough instruction to our servants. Well, not to our servants at, at this point in time. They are acting as a fascist dictatorship, a commercial-driven mm-hmm fascist dictatorship that ignore their directives, that ignore their, what is in accordance with their specific stipulations within the frameworks of specific things written down. And this is why we are in the state that we are. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that your thought patterns derive or is founded on this eternal universal energy, that has created everything on this planet. I don't care how you look at it, but that's what it boils down to. It's an energy, and we need to acknowledge that, respect it, and what crystallizes out as companion animals or domesticated animals. The sooner we get to that point, the sooner things will change for us. And that's not someone else. That's the change in ourselves by our right. thought patterns that will change our philosophy. It will change our attitude, it will change our actions, and the results that follow will be such that we can think this nonsense out of existence, literally. There's there's an eternal saying that says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Right. And um, what you're just saying is, is really very powerful because that, that is exactly right. You know, my, I remember um, always hearing the mantra, what you think about, you bring about. And uh, we think, well, how can that be? Because when you're thinking about it, that's what you're focused on. That's what yeah. your whole being is focused on. Whether True. it's it, it, more than likely your unconscious being, which is the, what you're talking about, that that is really where your power is. Um, the conscious or the servant <laughs> mm-hmm. is, is the one that's doing all the thinking for us nowadays. And right. uh, that's why we're in this situation. It's kind of like a child who sees, um, I like that ice cream and I want more, 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 and now I'm just going to make everybody make sure I get it. Mm. And uh, that's that's where we're at economically. It's it's pretty economic and powerful focus, Dr. Joubert. Yes. And, uh, and, and again, what you're saying is to walk away from that. Um, well, Kim, when you understand where your real source of power lies and where you, when you realize where the real source of energy lies, then it, there is no need to bow down or to, to act in the way that we do at this point in time. Hmm. And if there's enough time, I'm not sure how much time we've got left. I just want to address that last issue that I said, the lecture that Tom sent me, an audio lecture of a practitioner somewhere in Australia. I, I didn't get his name. I didn't know what. But essentially, he presented a lecture on an artificial analog, the insulin 
analog that they used Largene. And he, he brought it out, and it, it was pure, pure pharmaceutical propaganda. Mm. To say that in the human or in the medical field, they knew about glucose toxicity for the last 20 years, and that mm. only in the vetting profession we're aware of it the last 10 years, and it's only really the last four years that we understand and know that we need to rectify that. Glucose toxicity, now they call it glucose toxicity. And he was speaking about cats specifically, cats with diabetic... Diabetes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Diabetes and, and ketoacidosis. Right. And he oh. just went off on a tangent on this new product and how it can treat and how you can prevent it and I turn it around right. and get back to a normal glycemic situation. And once you do, the beta cells and the pancreas will sort itself out. And he just carried on. Oh. And, and we fact, don't have a magic bullet. There's no such thing as a magic bullet. Everybody wants well, a magic bullet, but who's telling us there's a magic bullet? Who you just said is. True, but in the first place, if you don't create the glucose toxicity in the first place, there is no need even for a bullet. Mm, that's there's right. There's no need for no well, bullets. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. There's no bullets. There's no bullets you don't need. No need, right. Because it doesn't here's, exist here's in nature. The, and, and, I would like for people to hear this um, because Jeannie and I just came up against this today. Um, with someone says, "But I don't want to do. I don't want to have. I can't handle the raw thing for my cat. So, but you know, he's dying of a hepatic lipidosis because why? Because you won't. Because you can't handle the raw thing. <laughs> mm. You know, and th- that's it's kind of a cycle. The animals are continually at our mercy in that respect. Mm-hmm. People just get a clue." And he admitted, he said specifically, he said these foods that they get are so palatable. It is so filled with carbohydrates and there's no parasites in it. As if the fact that it doesn't contain any parasites make it uh, a benefit. Right, make it healthy somehow. <laughs> well, it will yeah. certainly make the animal palatable to a parasite, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's just it. It's that thinking that it's, and it's easy and convenient. Trust yes. me, when we go according to nature, when we watch how animals do things for themselves in nature, it, it is much simpler, much less expensive, and much less complicated, and it's real. Mm-hmm. It's not contrived, and it's not based on economics. And you won't have to be part of that whole system if we'll just go back there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, it isn't rocket science either. And Dr. Joubert, we are down to the end of the show, and gosh, it goes way too fast when we have you with us. So um, we hope that you will come back and um, continue on with this conversation and uh, also let us know how, how things are working for you as you have walked away from this system right. and um, encourage others to doing likewise um, collectively. I will. So, great. And once again, thank you, thank you so much for being such gracious hosts and um, for the time given and also to allow me to express myself without getting too technical about anything. That was wonderful, and I hope your, your listeners enjoyed it. And I'm always more than willing to come back whenever you need me on the show. Thank you so much. We absolutely. Jeannie oh, will you. book you again today. That's right. I'll be in <laughs> touch with you, yes. <laughs> Let's let everybody find your website at www.i2i.cc. It's I like our eyes, E-Y-E-2, the number 2, E-Y-E dot C-C, and also Dr. Tom Lonsdale's site where he also has Dr. Joubert listed there at rawmeatybones.com. And um, I know that you would encourage them to also read his book, Raw Meaty Bones, because it really 
talks about a lot of what you're talking about and sharing with us on the past two shows that you've done with us. And um, Well, I wouldn't we even call my website a website. It's, it's mainly a link just to, as a conduit through to Tom's website because I don't have the technical or the IT skills really to do one properly. It's my contact details, but it leads into Tom's website. I believe, as you rightly said, they should go there, please. And just inform yourself. Mm-hmm. And hopefully tonight exactly. has, has given some food for thought and um, that it will provoke some intuitive thinking rather than rational thinking and that we will all realize that we are, yes, custodians of these animals and the fact that we, we domesticated them makes it even a bigger responsibility to stop these euphemisms and to become clear about what really needs to happen and then just do it. That's mm-hmm. all that needs to happen. There you go. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Joubert. Thank you again, so much. And, and Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And look for him to be back with us. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.